Hi friends, I'm Gwen. And I'm Jacqueline. Welcome to Talk Bookish to Me. The podcast where friends get together and talk about books. Happy Monday, bookworms. Today we're discussing Grown by Tiffany D. Jackson, and we have a special guest. Not only did Gwen and I read Grown, but we invited our friend Jessie to read and discuss it with us, and we have her with us today. In the details of today's episode, we'll have links to Jessie's social media, the author's website, and a link for you to purchase the book if you'd like. Jessie, go ahead and introduce yourself where our listeners can find you. Well, my name is Jessie, and my booktube channel is Reading with Jess. And you can also find me on Instagram. It's at readingwithjess underscore. Before we get started with our discussion, I wanted to go ahead and let you guys know about the author and a little brief synopsis of the book that we read today. So the author, Tiffany D. Jackson, is the critically acclaimed author of several YA novels, including the Coretta Scott King, John Steptoe, New Talent Award-winning Monday's Not Coming, the NAACP Image Award nominated allegedly let me hear a rhyme and of course the book we're discussing today grown she received her bachelor of arts in film from howard university her master of arts in media studies from the new school and has over a decade in tv and film experience the brooklyn native is a lover of naps cookie dough and beaches so I feel like we would be best friends. Um, Grown is the story of Enchanted, who is dazzled by Corey's luxurious life, but soon her dream turns into a nightmare. Behind Corey's charm and star power hides a dark side, one that wants to control her every move with rage and consequences. Except for now he's dead and the police are at the door. So who killed Corey Fields? All signs point to Enchanted. Before we dive into the nitty-gritty we got to start with our star rating so what did everybody rate it I'll go ahead and say my rating first I rated it because I'm using Storygraph and I feel more comfortable with half star ratings now that's a new thing for me (laughs) Gwen where did you where's the old Gwen where did she go the old Gwen has left the building (laughs) the old Gwen can't come to the phone right now (laughs) so I rated it just put me on plastic egg, Jacqueline. <laughs> First, I'm being harsher with my star ratings, and now I'm doing half star ratings. It's something new. 2021 is like a whole new Gwen. You just didn't even know. So now that I'm more comfortable with star ratings, I rated it 3.5 stars, but I want you to keep in mind that I'm not the target audience of the book and that I believe young adults like ages 12 to 18, um, should 100% pick up this book. All right, what about you, Jesse? What did you rate it? So it's kind of funny. I actually decided to stop doing half-star ratings. <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> um, so I think it's funny how you went back to half-star ratings, but I actually gave it three stars. Um, and again, like you said, I'm not the targeted audience, and I typically don't read young adult, so... But I 100% agree with you with that age range. This is something I feel like young adults should be reading. All right. Wow. Jacqueline? I am very surprised because I thought I was going to have the lower rating. I thought both of you guys would have rated it higher than that. And I went with a four-star rating. And Uh-oh. <laughs> well, so, yeah, the reason that I went with four-star, because I was really debating on four or four and a half, but there were some issues that I did have with the book more in like the writing style, not necessarily like the story. But the reason why I felt like it definitely needed to be a four-star 
even though I'm not the target audience, I felt like there were so many important topics that were talked about. And that's something that I really love about Tiffany D. Jackson, because I've read one of her other books. And for her, like her, I think she's my favorite young adult author, because I don't really love young adult, but she just does her young adult novels so well with having very hard topics, very important discussions in them. So I think that she deserved the higher rating from me, even though I am obviously not a young adult. So who would we recommend this book to? I say YA readers looking for hard-hitting topics, specifically the Me Too movement, Mm -hmm. or books with darker topics that have the music industry in them. And also, like, if you're a fan of Tiffany D. Jackson, of course, you need to pick up this one, too. Yeah, so I, um, I definitely think that, like, all young teens should read this just because it really showed how easily it is to be brainwashed or to get into a really bad situation very quickly, even when you don't think that you're being put in that situation. So it would really make young, you know, young kids that think that they do want to be grown, um, make them really think before they just kind of say yes to a lot of things or do what other people tell them to do. And what about you, Jesse? Who do you think should read this book? Um, I kind of wish my younger self in my senior year of high school would have read this book because Mm -hmm. I kind of was in a very similar situation. Obviously, I wasn't trying to become a singer, but um, I was in a relationship where it was very controlling and it made me feel like I was the one that was in the wrong when really that's the complete opposite. So I kind of wish like teenagers moving into adulthood would read this a little bit more to kind of know like relationships can be toxic especially when you're still young and still growing into adulthood and that you're like you can be persuaded that things are wrong or things that are right as well that's a really good answer I agree with you a lot so one of our listeners um, on Instagram at Steli Slater asked what's the genre and I feel like this is one of those books that actually is like a whole bunch of different things mixed into one. But if I had to like sum it up, I would say psychological fiction with a dash of mystery. What do you guys think? So I actually did look up the genres and I don't agree with putting it in the thriller category because that's one of the genres that it's in. I wrote it down in my bullet journal as contemporary mystery. Um, obviously it's young adult, so I kind of group that in something separate, but it's definitely mostly contemporary with the hard hitting topics. And then there's a little bit of mystery, but it's definitely not a thriller. So do not go in thinking it's a thriller. Right. What about you, Jesse? What do you think of that? I completely agree too. I, I'll be honest when you guys asked me to read this book, I hadn't really looked into it that much. And then I read the synopsis. I was like, Oh, a YA thriller. This sounds really good. But Mm -hmm. I did not get the thriller aspects as well. I will agree mystery is one of them. But I feel like it's more young, young adult, coming of age, contemporary Mm -hmm. more than anything. Yeah, coming of age. That's another good one. So has anyone read any other books by this author? And will this author be on your radar moving forward? I have. I've read Allegedly, which was awesome. I rated it four and a half stars. That one actually is a lot more thriller aspect. And I think the synopsis says something about how it is almost like Orange is the New Black. And it really does. It has those vibes a lot. Um, So I really loved that. So this is my second read by Tiffany D. Jackson. But I have heard that Monday's Not Coming is so good. And I heard there's like a really big plot twist in there. So that's going to be my next book by her. Like I cannot wait. I 
really want to read it very soon. What about you, Jesse? Allegedly sounds really interesting as well because I do like Orange is the New Black as well. And then I heard Jacqueline talk about it on a few of her videos as well in the podcast. Um, but the 2021 release for Smoke actually sounds really good because I like the whole like Haunting of Hill House vibes to it as well. And then also Monday's Not Coming. I've heard a lot of hype around that too as well. Yeah, I didn't realize there was a new release coming out. Yeah, the one that sounds the most interesting to me is her upcoming 2021 release, White Smoke. It's pitched as Get Out meets The Haunting of Hill House. It's about wow. a girl and her blended family who move into a newly renovated picture-perfect home in a dilapidated midwestern city and are haunted by what she thinks is ghosts but it might be far worse wow that sounds awesome that's so cool that she's kind of like getting into a little bit of horror too that's yeah yeah. so i don't know exactly what genre this falls under but just Mm -hmm. that brief synopsis that i saw um because it was actually originally called smoke like I saw it as smoke, but then it, more information came out about it and it's called white smoke. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that one's definitely on my radar. It just sounds like, what's it going to be? It's like a, like maybe multiple genres kind of mixed into one. So I'm yeah. really interested in that one. That sounds so good. I'm going to have to put that on my list. <laughs> now it's time for some spoilers. We're going to be chatting about the characters and the plot. If you've read the book and are here for the discussion, stay tuned. But if you need to exit out and save this episode for when you have read the book, now is the time to do that. Let's start with the characters. Are there any characters you really liked? Enchanted, there's a sweet, wholesome side to her. And I really had sympathy for her and the situation that she was in. I also really liked Enchanted's parents and um, her siblings. I really liked that family dynamic. And I also loved Nicole, the air stewardess. Thank God for people like her. I know she had like a two line <laughs> little like thing. It was like a brief little flash in the pan, but like... I was like, yes, Nicole. But anyway, so, but with that being said, Enchanted's portrayal was a bit uneven to me. We're told that she's like super mature for her age, but I also saw like a lot of naive sides to her as well. And it just made me not know like, are, is she mature or is she like this naive young girl still? Um, so there was a time where it became unbelievable to me Um, when she had that encounter with Creighton and that was on page like 66 67 she was not taking it Um, the quote is standing bone straight I make my voice like steel as something unfurls inside me I won't let this asshole attack me I won't let my little sister see this so she's being attacked by that guy and she's thinking like something bad's gonna happen and she like you know she says no like this isn't happening so I just didn't understand why she couldn't have that same mind set with Corey and the things that he was doing to her so I was kind of getting like this uneven portrayal of her character also I know the story wasn't the focusing on the family as much of course as it was Enchanted since the whole book was from Enchanted's POV but there were times when the parents were trying to reach Enchanted over the phone or in person and instead of showing us like a little bit of their journey to save their daughter um 
they didn't. It just, it stuck to Enchanted's POV, where I think the narrative could have benefited from the perspective of people who love you, love you no matter what, and they're concerned, and they're trying to save you when things don't seem on the up and up. Um, I know that many victims, like in Enchanted's Place, feel like they're alone. And it does focus on that a little bit later on, like towards the end of the book. But I think adding a bit more about her parents during the events that were happening would have helped like were they missing her you know what made them think that something wasn't right and I know like we got like they called or you know they showed up but like I just wanted a little bit more to show that even though she thought she was alone that she really wasn't alone yeah I mean I agree with you with that aspect I I think it would have been nice to kind of like see what played out with her parents trying to reach her because I felt kind of a little confused at that part um just because there was like so many phone calls and so many voicemails. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you talk about enchantment, like, or enchanted being um, like mature, but then being upset that she was naive, from my own personal experience, and that's one of the things I really liked is that she was a big sister to a lot of what she called the littles. I thought that was so mm-hmm. cute. Um, but I am also a big sister to a lot of little kids. And when you grow up in a situation like that, like you are very mature in that aspect because like you know how to, you know, like take care of your siblings. Um, but I know that she wasn't homeschooled her whole life and I was, but I was so naive to everything that happened you know, outside of the house. So I was like super, super mature, but then also still very naive for issues like this. And so I also, when I was 18, was in a very bad relationship just like her. And you don't, I guess it's because when you grow up in a family and you're taking care of them, you still want to take care of this person that you think that you're in love with. And so even though they are threatening other things or doing things to you, you are just like, well, no, like I have to take care of them. Like that's what I'm doing. So I actually think that that was a true portrayal of how someone could be just because of my own experience with that. I do think it was a true portrayal, but it just didn't make sense how she could see that that guy Creighton was like not a good guy and he was going to do something to harm her. And she was able to like immediately put a stop to it. Like it was so quick. Like she was just like, nah, not going to happen. But that's because she wasn't in a relationship with that guy. yet. I know. But like, I don't know. I just wish like, I guess I'm just wishing that she could like, you know, do it to him because Corey was an a-hole. And also she wasn't trying to get famous out of that relationship versus with Corey. I guess. All right. So any favorite characters, Jesse? Um, Honestly, I would say the parents over everything because I felt like I can honestly feel like their fear and their love for their child as well. And again, like you said, I felt like Enchanted was a little uneven at times. But again, I guess being in love and also having that strive to like get into the music industry was a key factor into it but I didn't really have anyone in particular besides the parents I did like the sister as well and I liked the best friend in the beginning part of the story so which characters did you guys not like obviously Corey I mean obviously (laughs) I would have murdered him (laughs) for everybody (laughs) but more than that I was so outraged about all of the other adults who Mm -hmm. knew Mm -hmm. what was happening or they had an idea of what was happening and they did nothing. Nothing to stop it. They didn't report them. They didn't help Enchanted. Even the police 
were dismissing their concerns. That was the most like outrage. Like obviously Corey was the antagonist. Like we're supposed to hate him. But it was all the other people that I was just like, and this is why this continues to happen. I think, I mean, I agree with you, obviously. Like, I really disliked Corey a lot. And yeah, pretty much everybody, there was just so many people I just disliked. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like, pretty much everybody. Just everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I also didn't like, what was her name? Jessica, the assistant to Corey. I really didn't like her because she obviously knew what was going on. And then more things happened with her than Mm -hmm. what it appeared in the beginning as well. But yeah, obviously Corey, terrible person and anyone that associates with him. Yeah, good point. (laughs) So what about this setting? Do we think that the setting affected the story in any way? I know it starts like in the suburbs, but she's on the road with Corey a lot and they were bouncing around to different cities and stuff like that. For me, I don't really, I guess I just don't really like look at the setting. I'm always just for plots and not really descriptions. So that literally has nothing for me. One setting that I did like, even though it turned out pretty bad was the whole Disneyland Mm -hmm. scene that Corey took her on. I felt like that was really special. And I was like, okay, he does have a softer side, but obviously he's just like a light switch and can flip on and off at any time. Yeah. So as Enchanted follows Corey's from show to show and city to city, I think it highlighted that it can happen anywhere. And even when your parents are concerned, even when they think that they know where you are and what's going on, like it's happening everywhere. So we always have to be, on our game. <laughs> exactly. So this is a big one. What did you guys think about the plot and the pacing of the plot? Who wants to tackle it first? I really liked the plot as for the most part. I do know I went into it thinking it was more of a thriller than anything. Um, but to be honest, the whole um, flash or flash forward to present day of like her finding out that something terrible has happened. The police are banging on the door. Throughout the whole story, I really didn't care about the actual mystery part of it, but I really enjoyed the actual relationship part of it, of it, like, I mean, I don't, I didn't want that to happen to her, obviously, but I did like seeing how it unfolded. It kind of gave me, um, I don't know, the only reference I could think of is like the night swim of like, Mm -hmm. you know, like that type Mm -hmm. of culture, how it can just, how women can just be perceived as like oh they're making it up to get money or attention or because they broke up with a guy so I really liked that hard-hitting topic kind of like the night swim but as far as the mystery it was not my favorite part but I did think the pacing was really really good I I flew through that book within like two days yeah I definitely Mm -hmm. did too I thought the book had major potential the subject matter is important victim blaming and highlighting the injustice that so many victims face especially black women it's something that we as a society need to address but the author didn't know what she wanted this book to be I felt like um I think the book had too much to accomplish, like the abuse storyline, the murder storyline, and the social commentary. And these aspects weren't well balanced. And I didn't think that there was enough, even though it was like a chunkier book, um, I don't think that there was enough room to do all that justice. And I think this falls back to all the books that I've been reading that just, it's like they're tackling important things, but they're just not like giving them room to breathe and they're putting like too much into it. Um, So there wasn't enough emphasis on how black 
victims get no support, there needed to be more discussions about the police officers dismissing the concerns. It was easy to see as the reader, and it was pointed out in text, that if a white person had come forward with accusations, things would have been very different. Um, however, I feel like we didn't have those more in-depth discussions as much as they were like random plot points that confused me more than like helped the plot along. And there were some unanswered questions that could have really driven the point home to readers about grooming and how young girls can so easily be preyed upon. So one thing that it didn't answer is why does Enchanted still love Corey? What were her motivations for going back to him? And the other thing that you briefly mentioned, uh, Jesse, is her friend Gab. Um, I still couldn't get my mind around the whole Gab thing, specifically the name thing. It was literally driving me crazy. Um, and the mental illness representation was also glossed over several times with Enchanted and even her grandmother. I felt like the author tried to shove all that stuff into a place that was already crowded and it could have been left out because I feel like she didn't like don't bring up mental illness unless you're going to take care of it in my opinion right. and the whole back and forth with the gab name it was just like yes no yes no <laughs> I was going to say is I completely agree with you I felt like the whole friend part honestly could have been taken out or it should have been emphasized a little bit more yeah so I also I have that written down for why I rated it the four stars is the like back and forth on whether or not Enchanted was like delusional or not delusional. I thought that that didn't need to be in there. And then honestly, I actually, I had listened to most of this book on audio and I had listened to like 50% of it. And I was like, I don't even like, I feel like everyone says that this book has such important topics, but I'm not seeing it. I don't know what's going on. I was very confused. So I went ahead and just restarted the whole book again. And since I already had listened to half of the story, when I went back and started it and it had that like flash forward or present day or whatever, I knew who Corey was and I knew kind of what was going on. So I felt like I like understood or saw a lot more than once I restarted it. It was almost like rereading it, I guess. I do think that that helped with me just really understanding then all of the issues that were being brought up because I was like, oh, I understand what's going on. A lot of times when books could just kind of like do those weird flashback things and start with one thing and you have no clue like what even it's talking about or who the characters are. It confuses me for so long. Yeah, it drops you in the middle of the story and you're like, where am I? What's going on? Instead of it being a more linear timeline, it just drops you in the middle of the action. Basically towards the end of what the book's really going to talk about and then it and then it starts the story and then it it does pick up and go into different like uh, timelines and stuff like that so yeah yeah and I do think that like the I also like you Jesse thought that I was going into a YA thriller <laughs> so <laughs> once I realized that this was definitely just a book more about like the hard-hitting topics because when I had first gotten to that 50% I was like there's nothing happening like where's the thriller <laughs> like what's going on so I was focusing exactly. on the mystery and thriller aspect and I think that's why initially I really didn't like the book and then I went back and I was like, okay, I need to focus instead on something else because obviously I know that there's no thriller, <laughs> yeah. you know, 50% of 
the way through. So then that's when I realized, I, you know, I started noticing the grooming and I started noticing Corey changing into a different character and everything that was happening with Enchanted. So I think that that was better for me to go back and reread it. But I really think that it was marketed wrong, which is one of my reasons that I gave it less stars because I hate when books are marketed wrong. I think it's just, yeah. ugh, it's so Yeah, when you go into great. a book expecting <laughs> one thing, like you said, you're waiting for the thrilling thing that you're almost like glossing over the other important details because you're like, mm-hmm. where's the thriller? Where's the thriller? Where's the thriller? So yeah, yeah that does. And that's what yeah. I was doing, but it need, it needs like that whole thriller aspect just needs to come out and it just needs to be like a very important topic story. Like I loved, right. you know, honestly, I don't know if we're going to get into this later, but like I'll just talk about it now while I'm thinking about it. After reading this and writing my review, I realized that things that I've said before about all the ugly and wonderful things kind of got brought back up in this book. And that's the fact that this whole book is about Enchanted and her looking like an adult and being a little bit more mature and being grown and how that doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what you look like. An older man should not be like taking advantage of a younger child and people shouldn't be expecting her to know, oh, why did you get in that relationship or why are you letting him do that? Like she's still a child. And so I know I've said before, even on the podcast, like with all the ugly and wonderful things, like I know that that character didn't look old, but like myself, when I was like 14 and 15, I looked like an adult. Um, But that's like, that shouldn't be an excuse. Like that's not okay. It's still you know, child abuse or child pornography, whether or not they look like they're 25 or whether they're 14. And so I did really like that topic that was brought up in here. And you kind of see that like going through the story. But I thought I should mention that because of in case anyone was upset that I said that about all the ugly, wonderful <laughs> Mentioning things. Mentioning that, <laughs> highlighting some of the themes and possible trigger warnings, rape, coercion, and assault when it comes to black girls and women, emotional abuse, physical abuse, kidnapping, and of course, addiction to opioids so overall how is the writing for you guys just the writing itself not necessarily the story I I like the writing I think that's why like I just really like Tiffany D Jackson as a young adult writer I think that she does really well I think it doesn't feel very YA and she's just a really good storyteller because there's just something about her books that I love way more than other young adult books and I feel like it's like she almost treats her readers as if they are a little bit more mature and is like, here, I'm gonna, you know, teach you about these topics. Whereas other young adult books, I don't know, it's just like, there's really immature to me when I read them. So yeah, I agree with you. This one, although it, it did seem young adult, I felt like the actual writing wasn't young adult. Like I felt like I could relate to it as an adult, or if I was like, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old as well. I think I touched on a few things already, but it was a bit all over the place for me. I did like it, but I don't want to not say the negative aspects of how I felt about it. And I feel like because it was all over the place a little bit, um, that's why it suffered. That's why I couldn't give it more than like the 3.5 stars. Not because the writing was horrible, but it was the structure and what the author tried to accomplish. Like, like I said, I just think all the topics that she tried to tackle, it was too overwhelming and that I don't think enough things had the finality that they could have had if she would have given those themes and topics more room to breathe. Instead, she kept throwing in like the mental illness and things like this. And I'm like, but let's just talk about who killed Corey and like, is Enchanted okay? And, you know. I'm wondering if she did that though, where she kind of like 
just very lightly touched based on things because it's a young adult novel. So, you know, if it was an adult novel, maybe she would have dove deeper into everything. Then she doesn't need to bring it up at all. Because to me, leaving something like... But a lot of things wouldn't have happened. Well, the mental illness thing. Let's just take that as an example. She didn't need to have that in there. If she literally would have taken that out of the storyline, it wouldn't have changed anything. It would have made it a little bit clearer that she wasn't delusional and that, you know, the things that, like, even there was that part where she didn't even know, like, I mean, I guess I'll get into that when we talk about the ending. I think she had the mental illness thing in there as a plot twist. Like, And I hate that. Is this happening? And if, (laughs) right. But that's the problem with it being marketed as a thriller. If she would have taken that out, like, I'm not sure exactly how it works when people, like, write books, but... I'm wondering if they were like, hey, you need to write a thriller. And she was like, oh, I want to write like an own voices and have some hard hitting topics. So I'm wondering if that's why a lot of things were jumbled together. Um, But I feel like that's why is because she needed those plot twists. But she was also trying to tell an important story. I mean, she definitely did tell a very important story. And I love what Jesse touched on in the beginning when I asked, like, who did she recommend this book to? And yeah, I mean, because I've definitely been in crappy situations with men that looking back I'm like wow what an idiot I was and I think that if you if you hear about because in that moment you feel alone like there's nothing you can do and it's only you and that goes back to what I said about the parents I feel that they I wish they would have showed that like there were people out there trying to help her trying to get to her um and that would have just uh, a part yeah, and a part that really pisses me off is when Corey was like, oh, well, if you leave me, like, I'm going to commit suicide. Because I literally, <sighs> yes. that's what my first boyfriend would do. He was like, oh, I'm going to commit suicide. And, like, when you're that young, you literally, like, you just don't see what's actually going on. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I would never want this to happen. So you stay for mm-hmm. all the all these wrong reasons. And it's so controlling of them to do that to you. Yeah, it's just, oh, there's so many, like, important things. I just wish that, like, the mental illness, I guess, and then the Gabby name thing, or the Gab, whatever her name was. But those two things just didn't need to be in there. And it almost could have, like, and then if the novel was the same length, she could have had other time for like more details a better finality of those topics I don't know maybe I'm just being picky I mean we're talking about me here so what about the ending though personally I'm glad it came full circle but I still had unanswered questions was Corey really at the places that Enchanted claimed she saw him I don't remember if it was ever like proven if it was a hallucination or what um, and then also the fact that she stabbed Corey after Richie did. I needed that to be a little bit clearer, but I did whoop whoop when I read that line. Like that right there is some revenge. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the ending, which is why, like, that's another reason why I gave it four and not five stars. Um, because I didn't like, I, I don't know, sometimes, like, there's so many different ways like sometimes I like open-ended not clear endings it has to just be the right moment and the right book and I felt like this is the type of book that didn't need an unclear ending like I wanted to know exactly and yeah so I I don't know I just and then the whole like the thing I didn't like was the whole beet juice like blood thing and then she like drank beet juice what was was that all about what is that (laughs) yeah I I felt like that was so weird but I was like maybe just because I don't drink beet I was juice, like, maybe I just don't get it. I was like, whatever helps you cope, so. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, I felt like the ending, I don't know, I felt like it was a little rushed, but I think it's because she mm-hmm. just had like a set deadline before she had to like turn herself in. So I felt like it was like a little bit all over the place. And again, I, I was happy when we found out that she did stab him. But I felt like it could have been a little bit more clear. As yeah, well. almost. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that hallucination thing and that mental illness thing. Like, mm-hmm. so did she think that she stabbed him and she really didn't? Or did she? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I just needed a little bit more yeah. time on that. <laughs> I'm wondering if, yeah, we're just looking at the book in the wrong way. Like, we read thrillers. <laughs> Adult and thrillers. And I usually really, I usually really <laughs> like like realistic type of things to be like okay this is the person that stabbed and this is the per you know and I think that we're almost looking at this because of it being marketed differently we're like picking and choosing and stuff on like you know this is a thriller did this happen who killed who why was all this other stuff in it and I almost feel like that's not the point (laughs) it's it's not the point right so it's 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 not the point of who killed Corey or all of the other mystery aspects right. and who Ga- Gabrielle right. is and all that kind of stuff. It's it's the fact that all of this was happening and we were supposed to be like paying attention to like the deeper meaning of it. Yeah, I guess the other thing that I'll mention uh, before we move on to some other things is I highlighted so much in this book and it I think what made it so strong for the like the themes and topics that it did discuss is that it was so clear to us that Corey was a douchebag and and that Enchanted should have just run for her life from the very beginning. And also maybe I'm just an adult and I've lived through things like that and I'm able to pick it out easier. But like just everything, the way he would talk to her, the way he was controlling her, and just it was from the very beginning, the very first time he brought her in the studio and he was like, it gets hot in here. You need to wear something to show off those curves. And I was just like, what? I'm like, why? (laughs) And I just felt so bad because I just wanted her to have her dream you know, and I could, it's, she was just willing to sacrifice everything. I just want to make a record. And it was just so heartbreaking. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that she had a boyfriend before that. Like, was that her first boyfriend? So when you grow up, I don't know, this is just my own experience. When you grow up and you're like, (laughs) yeah, homeschool experience. When you grow up, like just taking care of your siblings and stuff, like the first time that someone is like showing you interest and he's famous and in this case and he's famous and I always usually liked older men too um and so when someone is like paying attention okay hold to you, up I have you're to not interject really of the- I like older men and aren't you older than your husband <laughs> yeah but I most of the people I dated were always a lot older that's than me. so funny <laughs> I was just thinking, you're like, yeah, I used to date a lot older. And I'm like, but you married younger. You go, girl. Yeah. No, it was just yeah. like, I guess it was because I felt like I was like, it was kind of like taboo, breaking the rules. I mean, those are the type of books I like too. But yes, my husband is two and a half years younger than me. <laughs> You'd be crazy if he was like 10 <laughs> And I don't like, like that I'm going to be hitting the milestones first, okay? He loves it, Don't though. like that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when someone is like showing you that first attention, um, you're not thinking about the bad things you're not thinking like oh well why is he saying it's hot in here you're like oh wow like you think I have curves like yeah I know I I know but you know just like to me as the reader I was just fuming I was like no enchanted wear an extra sweater (laughs) 
It also, well, I think, depends that. on who she is as a person. Like, I'm a people pleaser, and it seems like that's yeah. how she kind of was too. So she doesn't want to make him mad. She wants to do everything that he says. She kind of follows the rules. And so that's the problem. Like, I think that certain people also prey on the people that are like this, and that is a problem. And, like, another thing, like, going back to, like, him asking her to show off her curves. I didn't like the fact that he was making, like, he didn't like her hair being shaved. I know. That he was like, oh, you, sh- you need to have long hair. You need to wear tighter clothes. You need to lose weight. Ugh. And it was just like, I was just like, this woman sounds really beautiful. Like, and she's confident, you know, because she was a swimmer as well. So she had to be in great shape to begin with. She also embraced having short hair. And, like, I felt like it was very sweet that her father I also... Know. Like, shaved her head for her on a regular basis. Yeah, that was so cute. And then just to have some older man who gives you attention and says he loves you to, like, completely change you, I was fuming at that, too. Oh, guys, there's so many things. It just just makes me so upset because I just want to save her, you know? Like, I want to save all the girls out there that are dealing with this because, like, I mean, yeah. It happens and he's famous and she wants an album. And plus he was lying and saying like, I'm sending um, back money for your parents to, you know, help pay the bills because her father had lost his job. And so she was sending, he was supposedly sending money back um, to help so they could be financially secure. And so her, her sister could still go to the school and stuff like that. Of course, that was all a lie, but. Yeah. One thing I was a little upset with in chanted for was the fact that when Corey was like lying about her parents and saying you know oh well your parents are just looking for money and you know all that kind of stuff I feel Mm -hmm. like she shouldn't have believed him with that like she should have been like well no that's not how my parents are um so I was a little upset that she didn't like believe in herself with her own like knowing who her parents are you know what I mean I think she did I think in her and this is goes back to what I was saying like about Enchanted about her um like she was so unbalanced is because I think she did know I think in the back of her head she's like that doesn't sound like my parents but she was so scared of Corey and not he kept promising I'm gonna help you get your solo career started I'm gonna help you get your solo career started and I remember there was a certain point Like, obviously, this wasn't the point of the story, but I was like, after all that, he never helped her make an album or get her song out. I was like, just douchebag from the word go. Like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, there was also comments that he made about her, her older but yet younger sister as well. And she was like, you know, like, don't, like, leave her alone. Keep her out of this, blah, 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 blah. So she, I feel like she was also agreeing to everything to protect her as well. So anything else that you guys wanted to share? Um, I don't have any specific questions set aside. Um, I don't have any quotes or passages. Does anybody else? Well, first I want to talk about how like um, this is an own voices book. So Tiffany, I think it was at the end, like the epilogue or something. I was just listening to the audio, so I don't remember what it was called, but like author's note, I guess. And she, even though this isn't like, actually portraying her life like she is a black woman and she also was sexually abused at like during her teen years as well so I think that also some of this kind of like well not kind of it actually did come from her own experience whether or not the whole storyline did um but I couldn't understand there for a while like what 
the title meant has grown um, until I got to like the one quote where it says, not looking their age doesn't change their age. And so it's talking all about how young brown and black girls are always forced into maturity, mainly because they look older and how adults label them as grown to dismiss the like the ways that the children can suffer from, you know, adults doing these things to them. So I just thought that that was like really important and kind of like, I'm always, my husband and I, anytime we watch a movie and we hear like the movie title in there, we're always like movie title. Like we say it really fast. So that's how I feel like with books, like the cover and then the actual title of the book. Um, when I get to that point where I'm like, oh, that's what the cover is, or that's what the title means. That's always like a pretty important part to me. Um, I didn't have any quotes as well. I tried to like annotate this book, which I don't normally do, but I didn't succeed very well. So I really did like the one that Jackie said. Yeah, I don't have any specific quotes or passages, but I loved the themes of the ocean and water and Ariel and jellyfish and mermaids throughout the story. It made it all feel connected, even though it was like the timeline was jumping around and the themes were jumping around. I felt like through it all, she had these great themes of like under the water and all the things that I said. And I was like, does she write poetry? She should, because this, when I'm talking about poetry, the themes and like, this is what I'm talking about. You need one universal theme and even like the waves and the ripple and, you know, just every once in a while she would like break out into these other things and talk about it. And I could feel it. I was like, I know exactly what she's saying because the imagery was the same throughout. So my poetry loving heart was so freaking happy. That's funny because I don't even know what you're talking about. My my mind must have been like description. Let's stop listening. Like, Did you pick up on that, Jesse? I definitely don't pay attention. I didn't until you said something. I was like, okay, that, okay. I can kind of remember a little bit and that may be also what because she was a swimmer too. And also Corey couldn't swim. So I get it now, but I didn't pick it up when I first read it. One more final thought I think that I have is the fact that Tiffany showed very well how sexualization of young girls can happen to anyone because Enchanted did have a two-parent household and like a loving family. Um, And so literally it can happen to anyone. It's not just like, you know, when people say like, oh, well, She has daddy issues or, you know, just things like that. The other thing is, like, going back to, like, how Corey wanted to, like, change her appearance. I felt like him, as well as, like, everyone else kept, like, referencing how, like, women should look like Beyonce versus being their true selves. And I just don't feel like that's true. I feel like you should be original and not have to fit into someone's equation or change yourself to be something else that is important and unfortunately like with social media and stuff like that is just something that always happens i mean people are you know oh well you have to be skinny or your hair has to be long or you know just anything like that right now (laughs) the generation's like you need to have a middle part you know all that kind of stuff so within the first 50 pages or so i thought that Uh, Jackson was literally using the most well-known popular black artists over and over like Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, Whitney Houston, Beyonce. And yeah, they're amazing artists and all that. But like, it just felt so repetitive. I mean, everybody knows who Aretha Franklin is. A natural woman, respect, amazing grace, rock steady, Patti LaBelle, the diva of soul and R&B, Whitney Houston, may God rest her soul. But, and like, obviously Beyonce and stuff, but like, 
Obviously, the point of the story was not to give black artists recommendations, <laughs> but it would have been cool if it did. Um, and considering that the author was black, like I'm sure she listens to a lot of black artists and it would have been cool. Like if she didn't use like the ones that books always use. Um, so that's just something that it just got a little repetitive for me because it was like the same artist being named over and over and over again. I think though, that's because this book is written in this generation for younger people. So like when she brought up Aretha Franklin, Enchanted goes to an all white school and like, they didn't even know who Aretha Franklin was. And I think I know, that but... kids nowadays, like they don't know any of those names. So that was like her name dropping. I mean, okay, they know Beyonce. But was but it like... for white people or was it for black people? Or was it for all people that she was doing that? I think because it's for everybody since this that, book is for everybody. No, I disagree. I think that she was naming those really popular black artists for white readers because I think that black people reading this book 100% know those names. 100%. That's true. I guess if you're like family listens to it but like I know 100%. I know white people that don't even know like who the Beatles are and like so right. I think that it could be for anybody because that doesn't I don't necessarily know. mean who, who white that people you know don't know who the Beatles are literally the kids nowadays so that's what I'm saying it's a generation thing and that's why I don't because know. I work with 17 year olds 18 year olds 19 year olds they don't know who the Beatles are they don't know who the Beach Boys are like they literally don't know anything that's like before 10 years but ago but these names are I don't know uh, the I Beatles are pretty I big quizzed, I mean I me. think if I quizzed 100 black young adults ages 12 to 18 12 okay to 18 and I said do you know who Beyonce is well they're gonna know Beyonce because she's a little okay. bit more relevant Whitney Houston if I started singing her song, and I can't sing, but if I started humming a tune to one of her songs, I bet or if you Patti asked or, them who Megan the Stallion is, they would know. But yeah. the thing is, is I just wish that they would have named a little bit more obscure names. I'm saying it could have been like a positive, you know, it could have been for me since I'm old. Give me something new. Yeah. Like, I mean, I she know. did mention that like she listened to the classical music with her grandmother, mm -hmm. so that is another reason why she mentioned classical black artists i know but i'm like there's more there's more like these names are like the top of the top that's what i was thinking like everybody knows whitney houston everybody knows patty labelle everybody knows aretha franklin like she could have named a little bit less obscure things in my opinion my opinion but like you know i don't know i don't know what the cool kids know and what they don't know now i'm sorry <laughs> But my most exciting thing is to always pair a signature cocktail with the book. And I came up with the perfect one. It's called the Yellow Hammer Slammer. And it's well known at the University of Alabama. And no tailgate is complete without this vivid yellow cocktail. And it's fruity and it's full of alcohol. Um, so to make this signature cocktail, again, it's called the Yellow Hammer Slammer. It has one ounce of vodka, one ounce of light rum, one ounce of amaretto, two ounces of orange juice, two ounces of pineapple juice, and you can use like a cherry to garnish, and you just mix the vodka, rum, amaretto together, and then you add the juices and you stir it well to combine. You pour it in a glass with ice, garnish with your cherry, and serve. That sounds really good. It sounds really good, but I've yeah. heard that these can go really bad. But that's kind of why I chose it because obviously I wanted a yellow cocktail to um, to pair with it because of the vivid yellow col color of the cover of the book. And yes. also, like, I've heard that this can get really out of hand because it's so fruity that 
you could just like whip through these, but then there's just lots of alcohol. So it can go really, really wrong, <laughs> kind of how things did for Enchanted. So I thought it was like the perfect cocktail for this book. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the book discussion of Grown by Tiffany D. Jackson. Don't forget the author's website and a link to purchase a copy of the book will be in the details of today's episode. If you'd like to suggest a book for us to discuss or have a topic for a future episode, email us at talkbookishpodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at talkbookishpodcast. There's also a voice message feature built into the Anchor app that allows you to leave us messages right from your phone. We'd love to start incorporating your message into our episodes. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode, Jesse. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. So much fun. Again, make sure you check out the show notes. There's a lot of information there, including links to Jesse's social media accounts and our signature cocktail we paired with the book. And until next time, happy reading.